0: The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the power and the presence of his Holy Spirit be with you all today. Amen. Well, this is certainly a day the Lord has made, isn't it? Uh, We're thankful for it. We're thankful for the opportunity he's given us to worship together. And I'm thankful for my voice. It has returned. It's been a tough couple of weeks. Some of you maybe have struggled with this stuff that's going around, and boy, Pastor Chris would admit, for a a clergy and not have a voice, uh, boy, it's rough. But we're happy we can be with you here today and to share uh, God's good word with you. I'm sure that most of you have heard the phrase, under the influence, now that, can, that phrase, of course, can mean and does speak about several things. We think of DUIs, driving under the influence, which of course is a high crime, is it not? There are consequences for driving and not being totally able to focus, comprehend, and be attentive and active driving a vehicle. It could mean An accident, it certainly could mean harm to someone else or even to yourself. So there are things that bring about sort of a negative connotation of being under the influence. You could be under the influence of drugs. You could be under the influence of all kinds of addictions. You could be under the influence of apathy and indifference to the cause of Christ and his kingdom. You could be under the influence of hatred and anger and retribution. You could be under the influence of a heart that refuses to forgive. These are all things that I believe we can all relate to. We don't want to be under that kind of influence, but that kind of influence is really so negative, but yet so prominent in a fallen and sinful world. And we're wrapped up in it. And so we say in the confession of our sins, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm under the influence of things in thought and word and deed that I just don't want to participate in. Maybe they could even be as strong as an addiction where you cannot simply, on your own effort or strength, seem to walk away from. We all need help. We all need the uh, presence and the power of God's Holy Spirit. Now that's under the influence. In other words, we want to be under the influence of the things of God. Think of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. We want to be under the influence of God's Spirit, under the things of God, and not under the things of the world. But there's a big draw to darkness. There's a strong connection with the fallen world and fallen people, and we struggle with that. The Apostle Paul struggled with it himself. So thankful for Paul, as we're so thankful for all the Apostles and the Prophets and those writers of Holy Scripture that really bared their heart and their soul for us. These were ordinary people whom God made extraordinary for his service. And that's where you and I come in. Ordinary people fallen people. Paul said it all the time. He said it, didn't he? He sure, shared with us. The good that I want to do, I, I just don't seem to be able to do. But the evil things that I don't want to do, I seem to keep on thinking and doing and acting those things out. Oh, sinful man that I am, Oh, wretched man that I am. But thanks be to Jesus. Well, we're swiftly approaching the end of a church year, and generally all of the readings and the focuses from Scripture that we share in worship lead us to that end, to the end of days and our readiness in Christ to be received by God into glory, the second coming of Jesus, if you will. We want to be under the influence of God. And when the Apostle Paul wrote to these uh, Christians at Philippi, he was uh, really bearing his heart. He, you know, in tears, he said, he talked about those who have come under the influence of the world and not of God's Spirit. We want to be under the influence of the Lord. And as we look at ourselves, our personal lives, we could say really, I think we could focus on maybe just a couple of thoughts here this morning. First of all, to be under the influence of God is to be changed. To be under the influence of God is to be set apart by God. And to be under the influence of God is to recognize That the new life we have in Christ is not only here, but eternal. Under the influence changed. You know, we think of the words redemption and conversion. Redemption is really God's action for me. Redemption is what? in the sending of his son Jesus to the cross of Calvary to suffer and die for me, to to carry the the weight of the sin of the whole world, God says, I'm taking it from you, and I'm handling it, and I'm dealing with it myself. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. I don't know how you approached worship this morning. Maybe you approached with a heavy heart. Maybe there are things you don't want to really think about. Maybe there are things that you want to forget. But the primary focus for all of us, always and forever, needs to be thank you, Jesus. For it is Christ who has brought us under the influence of the things of God. And oh, how we need them today. I'm sure my grandparents and my parents and my great-grandparents said the very same thing in their life as well, but we're saying it today as well. We want to live out our lives under the things of God, value of life, sanctity of life. Sanctity of marriage, sanctity of family. When I say sanctity, I'm thinking about everything that God has brought into being for our good and for our benefit and for our blessing and for his kingdom. That's what we want to think about. That's what we want to focus on, the things of God. And that takes a change. It takes redemption and it takes conversion. Conversion, we could say, is God's action in me. Redemption, God's action for me on the cross. But conversion, God's action in me. In holy baptism, God's put his name upon me. He took over. His spirit, his Holy Spirit connected me with salvation, connected me with his son, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what we call faith, right? Right? We have faith. We believe in the words and the promises of God. We take God at his word. Oh, well, We may be challenged. We may have our doubts. We may have a lot of stresses that uh, cause us to walk in crazy directions. But God's always there to bring us back. And that's the miracle of conversion. That's the miracle of change. Our lives are brought back to God. That's what's happened to us. Our lives have been brought back to God because of God's hand and God's will. In Philippians chapter 3, the a text for today, I'd like to read again, verse beginning with verse 18. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again with many tears. This is the Apostle Paul. This is the greatest missionary of the early New Testament church and probably the church itself. Who encountered all kinds of hardships and of course even death for his faith. And he approaches the Philippian Christians, I think as he approached everyone he He met. He grieved for lost souls. Do we really care? (laughs) We're so wrapped up with ourselves, I think at times we we don't recognize that there's work to be done for God's kingdom. I need to be reminded of it. Every time I happen to have an opportunity to open God's word and to share God's word with you and others, I'm reminded there's work to be done there's people to be one under the influence of God's Spirit. Lives forgiven, changed, and salvaged for God. Those are the people whom God is sending us out in the world to meet and confront and to love. They know we are Christians our love, right? That's what we're called to do. Not easy. not diff- It's certainly difficult. But there's got to be a change. A change within us, thanks be to God, because of his Spirit's power. And there needs to be a change in others. In First Peter chapter 2, I want to read to you beginning uh, with verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession. Wow. Belong to God. That you may declare the praises of him. Now here's the point. Who has called you out of darkness into his light. Once You were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have. You get the contrast? Once we were far away, but now we're near. I don't know where God's going to lead you this week. I don't know what people you're going to meet. I don't know what doors God's going to open. But they are going to be new doors for new people. And God wants us, as his people, to declare the wonderful deeds of him. To be under the influence of God is to be changed and to be reminded of that change. The miracle of conversion from darkness into light. From no people to God's people to being lost and to being found, right? You get the contrast. It's it's easy for us to understand and to see it in the simplicity of this word of God before us. Because Paul talks about the darkness and helps us and reminds us of what we have come from. People who live apart from God their destiny is destruction. Their God is, this, is their stomach or their appetite for the things of the world. And their glory is their shame. They set their minds on earthly things. Not under his influence. Well, this all sounds good, doesn't it? That's pretty simple. We can deal with this, huh? right? Well, it's not easy. It's extremely difficult. God has set us apart by him and given us strength and power to be his gracious people. So we've been changed under his influence. We've been set apart under his influence to be his special people, unique people, gifted people. In fact, Paul says it this way. Our citizenship, where we really belong, is where? In heaven. But wait a minute, we're still here. We're still citizens of this earth. Yeah, you, you heard the reading this morning, the gospel reading, where render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Sorry, guys, we all got to pay taxes. See, God is a God of order. He's a God of authority. He's not a God of chaos. And so even though we have a very imperfect system of governance, And life in this world, because it's a fallen world, yet God still watches over us. We're set apart as special. It's a fierce struggle that we have. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Boy, that's a tough concept. I'm in the world, but yet I'm not of it. I guess that means, you know, I walk in the world take my steps, do my work. But yet, I'm not really of it. I'm not, what, captured or captivated or under the influence of the world. How many of us could say, yeah, 100%, not captivated, not under the, no, it's not easy. You see, we we don't remember often who we are And whose we are belong to God. We don't run this crazy life under our own energy or power, do we? Well, if you think you do, you're really not. There's two forces at work, right? The forces of evil and the forces of good. The forces of Satan and temptation and evil and the forces of God forgiveness, and life. We're God's people. We belong to him, set apart for his work. I read this past week, an an author put it this way, the Christian life is lifted by the indwelling of God's spirit. I love the word lifted. Maybe some of you, I've got to tell you a quick story. I was... uh, this summer I was uh, up in uh, northern Minnesota on the boundary waters called the Voyagers National Park up there. Maybe some of you have been there. And I was fishing for walleyes. And one of the things that, uh, I didn't do so well, by the way, but I, 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 I'm sounding like I did, but I really didn't. Okay, but one of the things, the, the, the bottom of these lakes are extremely rocky. Okay, and so what you need to do when you're fishing, you just can't, you know, and you, you fish off the, you're fishing off the bottom and you have a fairly sizable sinker because you're wanting your, your bait to be down low and so on where the fish are. But you just can't let your line out and just hold on to your pole. What would happen? Well, you'd get snagged, right? So you have to lift Lift your pole. I thought about that this morning when I think about our Christian life. You know, if, we are, if God's spirit, if we're not being lifted, we're getting snagged. We're getting f- up. And we're not the presentation that God wants us to be in the world. That happens. And it can happen frequently. Paul says it this way, in our Christian life, well, we don't want to get snagged, okay? We don't want to get sidetracked. We don't have a broken life. Now, maybe that's happened to us. Maybe we've had to deal with that. But Paul says it this way, forget what is behind and strain forward to what is ahead. Stand on your tiptoes look forward to what's ahead. I can't wait. It's like a youngster, I'm sure. Well, you guys aren't youngsters here, but are you waiting for Christmas? You're not waiting for Christmas. Whoa. I got to find somebody who's waiting for Christmas. (laughs) Well, when I was young, I waited for Christmas, okay? Man, I was on my tiptoes. I was sneaking around the Christmas tree. I was shaking presents. I was, man, I was, I was ready. That's what God wants us to be in this life that we live for him. He wants us to be anticipating what door he's going to open next that we're going to walk through. Anticipating, well, you may not know specifically where our life is headed, even to this moment, but anticipate him, for he is there. It's the new life. You see, we have the blessing and the joy of seeing this life and Christ lifting us through his spirit through it. That's living under his influence, but also knowing that the best is yet to come, and that's the new life. You know, know, in reality, so many people have nothing bigger to live for than the things They're going to lose. You know what I mean by that? We put all of our hopes and all of our dreams in things or possessions or positions and those will all be lost. Think about the things you work so hard at. Pass away. But to think of the thing, the one thing that God has worked the hardest at and accomplished, and we'll call it that for the comparison, the cross. And that never passes away. In Philippians 3.20, Paul says it this way. Under the influence of God's Holy Spirit, we eagerly await the Savior, His second coming from heaven The Lord Jesus Christ, with power to bring everything under his control. And he will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his own. That's the reality. That's living under the influence. That's being changed and recognizing our daily repentance and our daily turning Not to ourselves or the world, but to God under the influence of his spirit. It's being set apart to do his work and finally always looking forward, knowing the best is yet to come. Well, whose influence are you under today? God. His spirit through his son. Amen? And all God's people said, amen. At this time,